It's a pleasure to greet you this morning. Uh, please take a moment to locate the friendship pad on your pew. And if you would then sign that and pass it along to your neighbor, we will appreciate that. I want to extend a warm welcome to those who are visiting today. We hope that joining us for worship um, will be a blessing to you, and we invite you to return again soon. <clears throat> today is Father's Day, and I want to express a word of appreciation on behalf of all of us for our dads, for the dads who have done so much and are doing so much to help provide a Christian home. So I hope this day will be one of appropriate uh, appreciation and recognition of all our fathers. As far as announcements are concerned, Katie Jeter wants to remind us of the drive baseball game that is two weeks from today. You can reserve a ticket by contacting Katie and the other information is provided there in the bulletin. <clears throat> I want to give special attention to next Sunday. That will be the first Sunday that our new pastor, the Reverend Joe Kate, will be with us. The worship services will be at 9 and 11 as usual. Then following this 11 a.m. worship, we are going to celebrate Reverend Kate's arrival with a churchwide meal, and that's going to be served in the Family Life Center. The details are again there in the bulletin, including what dishes we are asked to bring and share with others. Our South Carolina Annual Conference met recently in Florence, and our church was represented by our clergy and by Don and Marion Beige and Mike and Ellen Henson. And Mike's been asked to come and share briefly a, a summary of that week. Let me add that while he's uh, coming, that um, we plan to provide a written summary of that conference also that could be printed in the bulletin. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to contact any of us who attended. Thank you. Good morning. I hope all is well. Um, I'd, I'd like to take a few minutes of your time to talk a little bit about the annual conference. Conrad has spoken about the, con uh, the um, conference for a number of years, and he talked about how it is a blessing, and it is more than I expected it to be from a blessing standpoint. So thank you for allowing me and Don and Marion Beige and Ellen to represent you um, at this annual conference. Um, I'd like to talk about a few of the things that went on, some of the highlights from my standpoint. Uh, the annual conference was led by Bishop uh, Jonathan Holston, who provided excellent leadership. This was a voting conference, and sometimes trying to herd all of us was more difficult than herding cats. And he did a super job uh, keeping the conference on time and headed in a direction that was in a positive direction. He also preached the opening session, the opening worship service on Sunday night. And uh, the theme of the conference this year was Becoming Disciples God Can Use. And he talked to us a lot about how we are to be disciples that God can use. And he also, by asking us this question, could you ask for anything more? 
And um, it, was, um, it was quite an exceptional opening service. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to see Bishop Holston on the internet, he is very enthusiastic and he energized the attendees as we began the conference. Paul Harmon, who is a district um, superintendent in Spartanburg, led daily Bible studies. And he used passages from Luke, Matthew, and Isaiah as sources um, for his lessons. And he talked about how often disciples develop excuses for not following Jesus. And, and uh, also talked about um, when the disciples asked who would be the greatest in the kingdom, Jesus called a child to stand among them and told the disciples that we must become like these little children and humble ourselves to become the greatest in heaven. Paul reminded us during these studies that all children are ours. Um, the most meaningful service to me was the commissioning and ordination service. Um, it was very uh, emotional to watch families and friends stand quietly while their son or daughter was being ordained as an elder or a deacon in the church. But furthermore, to watch Bishop Holston pray over these persons as they took on um, this, this uh, career, and then and to watch him add personal comments to each of those persons quietly, it was a very moving service. Communion was offered uh, Monday through Thursday mornings, and on Thursday morning, Ellen and I attended the uh, communion service that was delivered by Andrew Roy Wolf. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you, but Andrew grew up in this church as a young boy. Uh, I remembered him as about this tall with nice curly hair. Now he's about this tall, and he is a magnificent preacher. He preached a, a sermon that was um, very moving to us, and we really enjoyed um, Roy and I mean Andrew and his wife Paige, both of whom were ordained earlier in the week. Um, this year was an election year, and we are fortunate today to have Susan Leonard Ray with us. And Susan uh, was elected as one of the clergy delegates to the general conference. Uh, I think it's a more lo longer and more difficult conference than our annual conference, so good luck and <laughs> um, enjoy. She will be headed out west later on in the summer. Um, an event called Stop Hunger Now uh, took place at the annual conference this year, and it resulted in over 285,000 meals being packed and that were subsequently shipped to Uganda. Don, Marion, and Ellen all worked at this event to pack these meals and make that um, possible for these meals to be shipped, and that was a very meaningful activity as well. Um, one of the things I always enjoy is music and I enjoyed the hymns. We were called back to uh, the services, often by uh, singing hymns. It was especially moving to hear the voices of over a thousand attendees in the conference center praising God in music. Um, it, we also had a special treat by the Africa University Choir. They sang on several occasions and also presented a concert on uh, Wednesday night. And uh, while they were singing, I'll be honest with you, most of us could not sit still. And you actually found yourself standing up after a while and moving around. But when they sang Amazing Grace, I'm sorry, <laughs> a cappella, there were very few dry eyes when they finished. These are just some of the highlights of this year's annual conference. One of the early speakers talked about annual conferences, church summer camp. I'm not sure I agree with that. 
It was a complete and total immersion into a spiritual, worshipful, exciting, musical, and emotional church service that began on Sunday night and ended on Thursday afternoon. Thank you for allowing us to um, represent you at annual conference. And if you have questions about annual conference, please see either Marion, Don, Ellen, or me for further discussions. Thank you.
Let us pray. Almighty God, you sent your Holy Spirit to the first disciples of Jesus many years ago. May that same Spirit come upon us as we gather here and upon all who gather in the name of Christ this day. Renew in us in this hour a strength and a faith to serve in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Let us now from our faith as we use the words of the historic Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand Please be seated. Let me invite the children to come up now for the children's moments.
morning. Today is a special day. You know what it is? Father's Day. Preacher already told us that. Um, are you planning something special today? What are you doing? Very nice. How about you? Restaurant? Or, yeah. How about you? We're having a big lunch. So it sounds like everybody's having a big lunch with their parents, their families, their grandparents, or dinner, dinner for you, all right. Um, usually we're told you look like your father, you look like your mother, but you know we also look like our heavenly father. Sadly, not everyone has a father living at home with him or her, but we all have a heavenly father, God, and he's there for us whenever we need him. The Bible tells us that God created us in his own image. It's hard to understand that, right? Because we don't know what God looks like. So what does that mean? Do, do I look like him? Um, but what we know is that he gave us gifts, and they're called the gifts of the Spirit. Can you all remember them? What, what they are? The fruit of the Spirit? That's from that song, right? You've sung that song so many times, now you know it. Uh, let's say it out loud for everybody to hear. Love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Very good. Um, these are the gifts that God gives us because he wants us to be more like him. So it's not the same color eyes or the hair or the hands or the feet, but it's a gift of the Spirit. And he wants us to use these gifts to help us be a blessing to others. Speaking of gifts, what are the kinds of things that we give dads on Father's Day? usually. Mugs, yes. Hugs, sorry. Hugs is a very good thing to give. That's what you said too? I can't hear today. Tools, cards, kisses, love. Anybody give their dad a tie, socks? It's usually the same presents for our dads, right? But what about our Heavenly Father? Shouldn't we give him something too? But what in the world can you give God? Your trust, that's good. Love, is that what you said? Yeah. Self-control. You can, yeah, you can pray to him. It's hard because God, the whole world already belongs to him, right? And what do you give to somebody who already has everything? But the Bible tells us what God wants in Deuteronomy, Chapter 10, verse 12, it says, What does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul? So God wants us to love him and walk in all his ways, which means obeying his commandments, and not just some of them, but all of them. He wants us to walk in all his ways. And if we give him all of our heart, he'll be the happiest father you can imagine. So we don't have to send God a Father's Day card. We can't say Happy Father's Day to him, but we can love him and obey his commandments and in that way show our love to him, our Heavenly Father. So when you go home today and when you're, you're with your family and your friends, I want you to remember that you have a Heavenly Father who loves you very much, who gives you wonderful gifts, and who wants you to use these gifts as a blessing to others. And remember that we want to give God a gift too to thank him for all that he has done for us. Let's close with a prayer. You repeat after me. God, thank you for our dads. 
and thank you that you are the father of us all. Help us to walk in all your ways so as to always please you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can go back to your seats and give your dads or grandfathers or uncles or anyone who helps take care of you a big hug. you enjoyed that dads granddads all right our first scripture lesson today comes from Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 9 and you can find that on your pew Bible on page 17 it's the call of Abram the Lord had said to Abram leave your country your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
There are many concerns that exist, so at this time we want to offer a prayer of intercession. So let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we pray for the families and friends of those who were killed in Charleston this week. Indeed, our prayers go out for anyone, anywhere, affected by violence. Help us to practice love rather than hate. And help us to strive for reconciliation and understanding of one another. Lord, we commend to your care the families of the world. We pray that each home may be a place of peace. We pray especially today for the fathers. We are humbled by their sacrifices, humbled by the struggles that they have borne out of love for their families. Help us to build upon the love that we have received from them. Help us to extend our love to those around us. We pray, O oh Lord, for the United Methodist Churches in our state where changes in pastors will be taking place this week. We pray in particular for Joe Kate and his family who are pulling up roots, leaving friends and a church family, and moving to a new community. May they feel your presence during this transition. We pray for their well-being and for a quick sense of home in this new place. We also pray for our congregation that you would give us an abundance of grace and patience and love. Give us an acceptance of a new parsonage family and a new pastoral leader. May we and Joe soon become united in purpose and in mission. We make this prayer in the name of Christ, who taught the disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As a grateful act of worship, let us now give our tithes and offerings.
seated. The first passage that Anne read pertained to Abraham's call and moving to an unknown land. The theme that would run between that and this text in Matthew's Gospel is again a response to God's call and being on the move. I'm reading in Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, the epileptics, and the paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You can tell from this lesson that Jesus was off and running. The passage I just read points to a sense of movement in the Gospels. Jesus did not settle down in one place. He traveled around Palestine, announcing the good news of God's kingdom. Jesus left the village of Nazareth early in his ministry, and he went to the city of Capernaum. From there, he crisscrossed Palestine east, west, north, and south several times. He was teaching, preaching, healing. His primary mission was to reach his fellow Jews, although on occasions he found himself among non-Jews, the Gentiles, and he proclaimed his message to them also. Don't you imagine it would have been easy for Jesus to have remained in Nazareth? That was his hometown. He knew the people there. They knew him. He was familiar with the local customs. Surely it would have been comfortable for him to have settled in Nazareth. But Jesus knew that he could not fulfill his mission by staying in Nazareth. After living uh, for about 30 years as a small town carpenter, he had a change of vocation. He was Messiah, the Son of God. So, with a small band of chosen followers, he went about the country explaining in practical ways how Jesus, how God was wanting to show us how to love God and love our neighbor. Well, after Jesus' death, his resurrection, and his ascension, 
the followers of Jesus did the same thing that their Lord had done. From Jerusalem, they fanned out in all directions. They went from city to city, village to village. They spread the message of what God had done in and through Jesus. They shared the gospel with as many people as possible. They appealed to both Jews and Gentiles to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. We know that eventually that Christian message was carried throughout the Roman Empire to Africa, to Europe, to Asia, to the Americas, to the point that today there are Christians all around the world. Think for a moment about how Methodism spread. It was started by John Wesley in England in the 1700s. It grew rapidly in that land. Then Wesley sent some of his followers to our shores to offer Christ to the people here. And they did. Methodist groups were organized and eventually became churches. As the colonists moved west into the frontier, Methodist ministers followed them and established churches wherever the people settled down. Those ministers, known as circuit riders, followed the migration west all the way to the west coast, to the Pacific Ocean. And because of those traveling ministers, today there are United Methodists in every state in the Union and in almost every county. Because of that history and because of our tradition, there's a rather unique feature to United Methodism today. We have itinerant ministers. Our pastors are moved from time to time by the bishop. Whenever such a change happens, usually there are some people who are sad to see the pastor go, and sometimes there are some who thinks the change should have been sooner. I'm reminded of the anecdote that my father shared with me. It's about a minister who was talking with a layman, and the minister said that he could please everyone at a church. And the layman was dumbfounded and said, how can you do that? And the pastor said, well, I please some just when I arrive at a church. And I please others during my tenure there, and I please the rest when I leave. <laughs> I happen to think that the United Methodist way of deploying pastors is a pretty good system. It's not perfect, but no system is. This year, we at Memorial, along with I don't know, Susan would know, some hundred other United Methodist churches in South Carolina are going through a change in pastoral leadership. 
in our church, our outgoing pastor, Joseph Curtis, is not moving to another church. Instead, he's retiring, and the bishop has appointed Joe Kate as our new pastor to serve here. There are a number of Methodist ministers who will be on the move this week. But there are also churches that are on the move. Or at least they should be. Maybe the spread of the gospel is not as obvious today as it was in the past when the church started in Jerusalem and then spread around the world. But the gospel is still being spread today. For example, one mission of our United Methodist Church is the starting of new congregations. Our state is one in which the population is increasing at a higher rate than in most states. In recent years and rapidly growing areas of our state, we have started new churches. And in those congregations, it is common for a large percentage of the people who join to be persons who have never been a member of a church. They have accepted Christ for the first time. That way of spreading the gospel has been taking place in new churches like in Fort Mill and Somerville and North Myrtle Beach and several other locations. But the spreading of the gospel has been occurring in other ways other than that one that I just described. Let me give one example. Some 30 years ago, the Methodist bishops in Africa pleaded for our denomination to build a much-needed university on the continent. After much thought and planning and fundraising, it was done. A school by the name of Africa University was established in 1992. And it was established in the country of Zimbabwe. Students from all over Africa come to this church-supported university. They're trained to be pastors, teachers, doctors, other professions. The Africa University Choir is now on tour here in the United States. Mike mentioned that they sang at annual conference. To me, it was one of the highlights of conference. Not only did they sing, but there were two students in the choir who gave a testimony to their faith. And to me, it was very emotional. They are extremely grateful for the church. Africa University has enabled them to fulfill their dream. And these students are planning to return to their home countries when they graduate to serve God and to serve the people of their nations. When at best, Christians 
have been on the move. When at their best, Christians have continued to offer Christ to others and have expanded their ministries to others. The gospel has been entrusted to you and to me. We're now the stewards of the gospel. It is up to us to spread the love of Christ. We are responsible for, com for communicating that love to others by what we say and especially by what we do. And as a congregation, we do not want to stagnate. We do not want to grow stale. God is constantly calling us to move forward in evangelism and ministry. Recently, the schools had their graduation ceremonies. You may have attended uh, one or more of them during this last graduation season. I've been to many commencement exercises over the years. There are two things that stand out in my mind about that. First, when you have a member of your family or a friend who is graduating, you're proud of them and you're happy for them. But the second thing about those ceremonies is this. They sure can be long and can be boring. The graduation events I have attended required a lot of patience and the ability to sit long periods of time. Several years ago, I read about a particular college commencement that was held, of all things, outside. Unfortunately, the day of graduation came and it was extremely humid and hot. As the graduates trooped across the platform to receive their diplomas, the college president, as you've probably seen before, graciously greeted each one and he said to each one, congratulations. But since there was no point in prolonging those ceremonies on such a hot day, that president quickly followed his congratulations with a firm and rather impatient, move along, keep moving. I can see it now, can't you? Congratulations, keep moving. Congratulations, keep moving. That's the message I think is appropriate for our congregation today. We find ourselves in the midst of a transition. Congratulations, but keep moving. Memorial, we are a great church which, uh, with a rich past and heritage. Congratulations, but keep moving. Let us be energetic and creative in offering Christ to others, offering hope and help. Memorial, we have received new members into the life of our church. Congratulations, but let us keep moving. Let us share the gospel, invite into our fellowship other people, even those who are not like us. Memorial, we have done well in paying 100% of our apportionments and raising funds for many worthy special projects. Congratulations. But keep moving. 
Let us acknowledge our financial blessings. And let us move forward in supporting other missions that are much needed. Those both nearby and far away. Memorial, we have a fine child care center. We have fine ministries with children who are loved and cared for. Congratulations, but keep moving. What needs of other children need to be addressed? Memorial, we have a fine youth ministry. Congratulations, but keep moving. We have a fine educational and fellowship ministry with adults. Congratulations, but keep moving. We have a fine music ministry. Congratulations, but keep moving. Memorial, we have many fine ministries. We're doing this and this and this and this. Congratulations, but keep moving. Let us share the good news of Christ's saving love with as many people as possible, in as many places as possible, in as many ways as possible. Let us do it. Let us do it. Amen. Let us stand and sing hymn 571.
Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The presence and power of God's Spirit goes with us. Amen. With all the Christ in full. 